This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. Speaking of monsters, we have a discussion to have here on the Source Material podcast, and that is a little book called Monsters Unleashed, which apparently this is there is a Monsters Unleashed from 1973, which I think is a it's an 11 issue series with one annual from 1973. Was this a magazine? And it was published Probably. by it was published by Marvel. So. Yeah, I mean, like right here, I'm looking at October, uh, the October issue, number eight, Monsters Unleashed, has Frankenstein, and I don't know who that thing is. Also, my Frankenstein. My Frankenstein. I I saw that at the con. (laughs) Did you really? I should have bought it. Yeah, but I don't know how much it was. But I did see that because I was looking for Monsters Unleashed at the con, and I only got a few issues of it, nothing to really speak of or i was looking for the, the entire run and and it wasn't there well um, and nobody had it and nobody had your book either jesse yeah yeah well let me tell you <laughs> me and me and golden age dave are supposed to do an auction report you know golden age dave was not there but i was kind of like his proxy on his behalf on that auction that i went to friday and i cannot wait to discuss the number one the amount of comics that i looked through uh, while I was there, the amount of comics that I watched be bought, and then the amount of key issues that went up for sale. I, I watched a Wolverine, first appearance of Wolverine, Hulk 181, go for 24, 23 or $2,400. That one Good issue. Night. I watched the Spider-Man 129, first appearance of Punisher, go for $850. And that was to a guy that was in the audience with me. So anyway, that'll be coming up here sometime soon. Me and me and Golden Age Dave are trying to figure out a time. We're going to maybe try and record Thursday. We'll see what happens. But now tonight, Monsters Unleashed 2017, brought to you by Marvel Comics. Mark Radlich, you tell me, why in the world are we talking Monsters Unleashed this week? Uh, well, I love a good, you know, uh, comic that features worldwide destruction. But aside from that, <laughs> when this Who doesn't exactly like you do, <laughs> um, when this airs on the Rattledgen Broadcasting Network, uh, the very next day, the very next day, t- uh, there will be a damn you Hollywood review of the latest and greatest rock movie Rampage based on the video game. And it's going to be the greatest movie based on a video game in the history of cinema oh i don't doubt that you can't go wrong with a giant ape a winged wolf and some sort of lizard crocodile thing tearing apart an entire city and then right in the middle of all that mayhem all that rampage if you will is the rock so yeah sir i think you're uh not taking into account a little movie based on a video game called super mario brothers (laughs) 
and which featured dinosaurs in some weird way as well. I, I would keep. I would keep. Who's all her up now? Man, I'm hoping that week. Maybe that'll be the week that I can actually use my movie pass like every day for a week. Go hit Black Panther. Go hit Pacific Rim. Go hit Ready Player One, and then Rampage. Am I forgetting any out? Uh, was there any other neat releases that I need to go watch? Hey, go, go, be, go be an adult and go see Chappaquiddick. No, go be an adult uh, with good taste and, and forget the Chupacabra movie <laughs> and go see A Quiet Place. Ah, yes. Uh. You know, Robert Winfrey put that out there and I almost like chimed in and said, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't like going and seeing scary movies either, Mark, but I nut up and I'll, I do it for the it, network. <laughs> I sent him that list of what movies we were going to cover and said, is there anything you want to add to this? Because you guys all make it seem like I'm like this horrible dictator, you know, holding, you know, really like, 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 like I have you under contract or some horrible bullshit. Like, it's not true. Everyone has a choice. Everyone can say no. People have said no before. I sent Robert Winfrey that list before the year even started. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. Like off, like offline, not doing a show shtick free. Robert Winfrey doesn't give me a hard time. And then we, then we turn the camera on and it's, like, oh, here's a penis. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here's, I'm Robert Winfrey. This is my dick. And it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> At no time did you object to any of this or have any feedback to give me. You was just like, whatever. Whatever, man. Just bent over and took it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. That's that, that's that's the limit of sexual euphemisms tonight. Not even close to the limit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's, as time goes on, I'm clearly going to be proven wrong. <laughs> Easily. Easily. Uh, no. Okay. So... We got Rampage coming up, and so we want to celebrate it by doing Monsters Unleashed. Now, Mark, uh, did you have any idea what you were getting into when you picked this book? No, I was literally looking for when I saw that Rampage was good. First thing I did was see if there was ever a Rampage comic or anything like it. And oh, yeah, that's right. We were looking for stuff like, like it. And then I was like, okay, well, who are the biggest monsters? Well, we've got King Kong and we've got Godzilla and all that stuff. But they have their own franchise of movies. I didn't want to do a Godzilla comic connected to rampage because godzilla is going to have its you know godzilla has his own movies and i wanted to save it for that so i was like okay so what else is out there that features giant monsters wrecking a city and i just did a google i did a google search and i looked on amazon and i came across this thing called monsters unleashed which was a five-part series it was a cross it was a marvel crossover i'm going to assume this was post-secret war uh-huh I, be- yeah, I believe so because we have two Spider Men in the same universe. Spider Man in the same universe. So yeah, this is po- the, you know uh, Viv is in this, and then you've got both Spider Man, you've got Korean Hulk. So I would assume this is. <laughs> you not call him Mom Day's Joe? <laughs> <laughs> nope, Korean Hulk. You got the uh, Korean Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Muslim Miss Marvel, you know. Um, anyway, girl vision. The all new, all racist Marvel. <laughs> all new, all new. <laughs> oh my lord! Anyway, so I believe this was one of the crossovers that took place after the Secret Wars, where they combined universes. And you know, it's a very simple story. You know, out in the Pacific Rim, there there, there are portals opening up in the pacific rim and these kaijus are coming out wait no, a wait, second that's a I wrong, do, yeah, wrong, wrong thing <laughs> although I hold swear, up i saw i saw a kaiju from pacific rim in this book there were so <laughs> many monsters so yeah. many 
no, um, the, the real story here, and, and Jesse's going to go through the whole like nickel and dime plot thing. But basically, you know, a bunch of kaiju, uh, a bunch of mo- giant monsters are sort of attacking cities. And I was like, okay, well, that's perfect. That's a, a bunch of monsters attack in Rampage, a bunch of monsters attack in this Marvel series. This is the kind of perfect thing to talk about uh, to synergize with this movie. And I, and again, I do love a good monster mash. Sure, sure. Uh, he did the match. He did the match. I was going to say, where's the singing? Mm-hmm. The yes. graveyard smash. He did the match. Okay, now, disclosure here. That's a baby twist. He did the match. All right, damn it. Full disclosure. <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, so we can get Ronnie off the hook and 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 make it so it doesn't sound like uh, we're trying to force anything from Ronnie Adams here. Ronnie Adams did not have the opportunity to read the book because he's been a busy man. We understand right, that. Don't say anything about the podcast, Mark. <laughs> been a busy man. We're, Ronnie, all you get to do is you get to listen to the synopsis, and then you, I might throw some questions your way, what you think, whatever, whatnot. Yeah, please uh, but do. You, you know, just uh, just feel free to hop in with whatever your thoughts are, and and okay. uh, we'll get to it. We will get to it. Get to it. To it. So, monsters unleashed. Now, I want to talk about the creative team real quick because. I always do. Uh, number one, I mean, I want to give props to the creative team, but we've talked about the writer of, uh, of this book before. I think, if I re- remember correctly, Colin Bunn came up during the whole revolution. Was it revolution? Yeah, that one. IDW's revolution. Uh, I think yeah, Colin we'll Bunn that. wrote that one. So uh, we we've discussed that in the past. So we've had it. We've had the chance to talk about Colin Bunn's work before. Uh, I don't think. We weren't ex- too impressed, although it was, uh, you know, it was a fun story being told there with IDW's revolution. Well, now he has the chance to do Monsters Unleashed for Marvel. I didn't know what to go in here and expect, but uh, uh, he he does a fine job spinning a tale. We're going to get to that here in just a second. Now, as for artists, I believe there is quite a rotating band of artists throughout these five issues. Uh, I know I saw Adam Kubert listed as one, Salvador La Roca, which is one of the hotter artists today, I believe. Uh, there's there's a few others that are on here that uh, that contributed to this story. I didn't have any problem with the arts, so just put that right up front. There wasn't really much out there that kind of uh, turned me off to it. It's big two Marvel art, and did a, it did a fine job. Uh, I like seeing I like seeing any of the Cubert boys on anything, so I was pleased to see that. All right, let's go ahead and get into the story here. Now I'm going to open up this synopsis with actually uh, just kind of reading the preamble or the the stuff right at the beginning of issue two. And it says, Monsters Unleashed. When giant monsters known as Leviathans Leviathans, start raining from the sky and wreaking havoc all over the world, it is up to the heroes of Earth to stop them. But even working together, the Avengers, Champions, X-Men, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Inhumans might be up against a threat too large to tackle. Wave after wave of Leviathans. And I mean, it's like nonstop. You think it's just one monster? No. I mean, it's literally, it's got to be at least 100 monsters, if not more, raining down upon the Earth that the heroes got to try and beat. Wave after wave of Leviathans attack, intent on raising the world, and it seems only a miracle can save Earth now. Meanwhile, Elsa Bloodstone tracks down a prophecy about the apocalypse, an apocalypse that involves giant monsters and a king to rule them. And in Missouri, a young boy named Kai Kawaid, we'll go with that, Kai Kawaid, I know I'm butchering that, Kai Kawaid has a mysterious connection to these epic events. 
so uh, the the assault continues throughout the issues until until a set of new monsters, one from Marvel Universe past, such as Fing Fang Foom, Goom, Googum, the creature from the Black Bog, my personal favorite monster name of all time right now, which I never knew existed, Timbu Ba, and others <laughs> appear, and to our hero's amazement, actually help them out in the battle against the, Le- the Leviathans. Meanwhile, Elsa Bloodstone tracks down a mysterious key to the prophecy that she is investigating, and it happens to be Kai Kuwait himself. Near the end of assisting the Avengers, the Marvel monsters then mysteriously vanish into thin air. Elsa Bloodstone shows up and explains that Kai Kuwait has a set of powers allowing him to draw monsters. And when I say draw monsters, he's got a pen and a piece of paper, and he's drawing these monsters, and he teleports these monsters to where he wants them to go. And he's been using these powers to move the Marvel monsters to wherever they are needed. We find that Kai was exposed to the Terrigen Mist. There's your inhuman link here. Uh, the Terrigen Mist and emerged from a cocoon physically the same, but with these strange powers. With uh, the Inhumans, Medusa and Karnak on the scene, they explain that Kai's powers are one that has occurred in Inhuman history before. There was once a warrior who faced a similar set of circumstances and a never-ending tide of monsters, but possessed the same powers as Kai, uh, and she used them to battle the Leviathans and their matriarch, the Leviathan Mother. And now it seems that history is repeating itself with Earth in, in its crosshairs. The Leviathan attacks continue, and under the protection of some heroes while others do battle, Kai continues to draw as fast as he can, but the numbers are becoming an issue. Newly christened by Miles Morales as the Kaiju Kid, Kai soon has to find some courage as the Leviathan Mother has finally arrived on Earth. As our Marvel monsters continue to help our heroes, Fin Fang Foom attempts to defeat the Leviathan Mother, but is easily outmatched. It isn't until Kai is prompted by Moon Girl. Uh, is it, yeah, it's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur. Uh, they make their appearance here. Uh, it isn't until Kai is prompted by Moon Girl to draw some monsters of his own making. Using his own creations to battle the Leviathan Mother, he is almost defeated when separately each of his monsters are, are bested. Kai realizes he is going to need to do something more to defeat this threat. And remembering one of his father's many parables that he grew kind of tired of, uh, one of the things that his father, he remembers his father saying was that five fingers can make a fist or four fingers. If you listen to our Metal Hammer of Doom Extra, we got the four finger death punch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> five fingers. <Don't> wait. <laughs> What? It came up. Mark Radlich woefully misquoted the name of the Five Finger Death Punch band as Four Finger Death Punch. Quickly corrected himself. <laughs> so anyway, it's a it's a reference. Uh, five fingers can make a five fingers. Hey, can your pig is filthy. <laughs> no, nowhere a deepest cut is that, sir. None whatsoever. So his father has said in the past, five fingers can make a fist. So Kai frantically grabs his pad and draws a new monster, combining all of his creations into one Megazord, finally defeating the Leviathan Mother. At the end of the story, Kai returns all of his summon all of the summoned Marvel monsters to where they belong. The Inu- the Inhumans help Kid Kaiju, his family, and his new monsters who are still around uh, relocate to the lost island of Mu M U. Well, let's go ahead and we'll we'll start. Mark, I mean, what do you think, dude? Did- I want to direct this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I this this needs to be like the next you know phase of movies that that lead to this as like the the big Avengers team up movie. Like whatever phase four or phase five end up being, can we please build towards this? <laughs> this is fantastic. This continues to get bigger and bigger. I, I love what well, I love the my favorite part about this entire story is that you have all these titans of you know these new gods of the universe, all of these super powered beings, and and no matter what they do, no matter how hard they try, no matter how many of them there are, they are still not a lot, not enough to take down the army of leviathans that are romping and stomping all over the uh, all over the earth. And it comes down to one kid, one kid who didn't ask for powers, one kid who didn't want the powers, barely knew he had the powers. You know, and he has to, you know, push himself with the help of with the help of Moon Girl to, you know, to find the hero within and draw baby draw. You know, his I love the fact that what saved the day wasn't pure muscle, but his creativity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. his brain, his mind, you know, these pictures that came from somewhere deep in his soul are what he used to create a powerful enough being to stop an alien monster from nesting on the planet, raising it and, and you know and raising a bunch of her babies uh, like you do. So I was going to say this was such wanton destruction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> buildings are being destroyed left and right throughout this whole thing in major cities. It's not just located in New York City. New York City, no, it's all over oh, the world. Dude, I yes. went I went pace salsa. I did. <laughs> now it, it was all over the world. I mean, it was Paris. It, it, I mean, it was just complete. Yeah, there was there was no corner of the earth left untouched by these things. And again, you know, you had all the you know the smartest beings in the universe, the most powerful. You have a Korean Hulk. You have everything. And <laughs> what he is Korean? <laughs> Shut up. He ain't just Hulk. He's Korean Hulk. Okay. Yeah, we have to differentiate between him and bullet hole in the head hulk okay all right Um, app descriptor you know the one that was murdered in cold blood by hawkeye oh we've had this discussion don't bite ronnie adams i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) anywho um yeah i i i really enjoyed this i mean this was a real page turner for me you know like there's a difference see here's the thing it's a it's a story big in scope but it's super simple there's no baby dark side in this. There's no universe that's collapsing. It was a very simple story ripped right out of the pages of Pacific Rim. There's an, there's an alien entity sending monsters to trample the planet. And when they're done, the, you know, the aliens proper will come and settle on this planet for whatever the reasons they needed are. Yeah, you, you don't even dig that deep into the history of why this is occurring in any way no, other than just that it's happened in the past. It's happening now. Right. And and it, because really the story is not about the monsters attacking and, you know, and a bunch of heroes fighting monsters, although that's the setup. The, the, the story is about Kid Kaiju. And, and and I thought he made for a very interesting character. He's somebody who I'd like to be see portrayed on screen, you know, and have that arc of someone who's like, look, I didn't I, I didn't ask to be exposed to Terrigen Mist. I didn't ask powers. I sure as shit didn't ask for my my drawings, my private drawings to suddenly come to life mm. and start knocking buildings over. 
are. You know, like I don't want any part of this. And it's like, but you are the key to if you don't do something, there isn't going to be an earth left, you know, and he has to, you know, and it's and it's that great, you know, fantasy arc of you have to find the hero within, you know, and step out of your comfort zone and confront all of these uncomfortable things. It's great. It's perfect. It's 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 a cinematic. It it screams cinematic wonder. I mean, on the one hand, you have all of this wanton destruction and you have all of these fights. On the other hand, you have this very personal story about a kid finding the hero within i loved it i i could have read 10 more stories like this <laughs> i do want to spout out one of my criticisms that i had listed down here and that was no criticism that's oh well yeah okay whatever kai's powers was one of the things that made my list for criticism because as much as we were just kind of thrown into this story i i don't need to know everything but there was a point in which and granted, this, again, was the introduction of this character. They don't need to throw everything on the table in these five issues because, again, it's Monsters Unleashed. What else are we going to get? But there's a point in the issue, I think it's like issue, I think it's issue five, where he has his creations that he made actually come to life. And they're attacking the mother Leviathan or Leviathan, the big alien Leviathan mother. And one of them falls down and gets killed. And you see Kai like fall back and he, his nose is bleeding. Uh, so he has some kind of a psychic link to the ones that he's created. Maybe his powers might have needed a little bit more fleshing out just to kind of give me an idea. Okay, why does this happening? Why does that happen? At first, I was like, how it need to be fleshed out now? Is this I mean, because Kid Kaiju has his own series. Oh, he does. Yeah, surprisingly, it's, it's, I shouldn't. I should have known that because this felt Monsters like I that up to him. Yeah, Mon- yeah. When this ended, they started a Monsters Unleashed ser- series. I actually have one of them in my on my to be read pile, and then there's another one coming out in a couple of months. So there's a, that's an ongoing series. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Well. You're right. It doesn't have to be all thrown out here. Then obviously they're playing the long game. They're introducing you to the character, giving you a little taste and be like Mark Radlich, gobble up that cocaine later on down the line, get you one little fix. And then you got to come. You're coming back and getting you another trade. Uh, I got you there. I don't use cocaine. I'm too fat to use cocaine. <laughs> uh, Ronnie Adams. I mean, I know you didn't read the book, but do you like monster movies? Yeah, I do. Uh, I really do. I mean, I was going to read it. Um, so now I really want to read it, even though we, we're covering it now. So I want to go back and read it because I'm a big kaiju fan. I'm big, you know, Godzilla. I've watched Godzilla movies ever since I was a kid, you know, Mothra and, and Mecha Godzilla and all this other stuff. You know, I've, I've always, you know, had a fascination, you know, with the monster movies and, 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 and the like, which is one of the reasons I really liked uh, A Quiet Place because it was about the monsters as well. Um, you know, in that, I mean, they're, they're not anywhere as big as what you see in these, in these, you know, movies and, and Godzilla and everything else, uh, you know, all these, you know, all the kaiju movies that are not kaiju, but they, they're terrifying. It's, it's definitely piqued my interest. I don't know where the rights are right now, but I can tell you that I was secretly hoping for an appearance by Godzilla in this book. And I'll, the only reason I was secretly hoping for that is Marvel did own the, the right. Oh, I don't say own the rights, but it, it, they did license. I would assume I have no idea what I'm saying. I just know they had some Godzilla. comics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was a licensing. Thing. Cool. They don't obviously own the property, but I do know they had in 1977. I'm looking at it right now. In 1977, Marvel did publish Godzilla comics. Uh, and I can tell you they that had Godzilla- a license. they had to have had a licensing deal. Okay, I don't that sounds Marvel good. Outright own the godzilla property yes that, that's yeah that's where i was going i could tell you that okay 
a strange way of getting there. Uh, the <laughs> took a long way around, but okay. There is a there are appearances by Marvel superheroes in the Godzilla comic. So I was kind of like, oh man, that would be so cool. But of course, you know, I, I don't know where or what Godzilla, uh, if they even want to pay the money to do anything like that. Obviously, they didn't, but Marvel at one time did. Uh, published Godzilla King of the Monsters. I was a fan of this. Uh, I'll I'll tell you right now, Mark, you said it was a, you know, you said it was a very cinematic book or something that you just love to put on screen. Uh, it would be ab- just incredibly expensive to put into movie form, I think. Uh, no, not just... This is, I mean, Marvel right now is making billion dollar pictures left and right. You give this thing a budget of like, let's let, let's go on the high end. Let's give it a $300 billion. Let's give it let's give it a budget of three hundred million dollars between cast and effects. Okay. okay. This movie, it's every superhero in the Marvel universe and a bunch of monsters. That's a that's a billion that's a billion dollar idea by itself. Well, if Rampage does well, Marvel might smell something along the lines of like, you know, there's there's promise here. There's promise. There's no way Rampage doesn't do well. <sighs> that, that's if, truth. If Rampage does well, Marvel might smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> oh, but Mark Radlitz, I'll ask you this. Juice popping in 3D. Sorry, go ahead. What? 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 Yes, please explain the reference. That was a reference to the Holocaust cooking show, as I've mentioned Another before. Another one? <laughs> I really don't like these references. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. Ask your uh, question. Please. So, does the, the Man of Steel body count issue come up here with you at all? No, who cares? Uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. They, they all those lost of- souls in Metropolis care. <laughs> I love how at the end of this, they're like, I mean, at the end, I mean, the heroes are kind of standing around the rubble as you usually would and discussing what the next move is going to be. And uh, after all this is said and done, they're like, oh, damage control has their work cut out for them. I'm like, no kidding. Yeah, they rebuild the planet now. The planet's basically destroyed. And well, you I think- mean, you haven't seen Pacific Rim Uprising, but they deal, but they kind of deal with that sort of thing where you know, these kaijus ran rampant for so long that a lot of the earth just got flattened and now they have to rebuild but you know the tides recede we can rebuild all right all right so i enjoyed it mark radlich enjoyed it ronnie wants to read it can i can i talk about the one thing that other than kid kaiju who i loved in this thing it was obviously the star of this book my other favorite character this is fin fang foom oh yes he is hilarious sorry we we need andy circus as fin fang foom here's the thing listen I need to ask you a question. Go. Where did Fin Fang Foom come from? He's an Iron Man villain, and then uh, they've used him in the Hulk. He's an times. Iron Man villain? Yeah. Okay. I, I just couldn't remember where, you know, where he came from, whose villain he was. Well, here we go. I'm on the wiki right now because I was. No, I'm on the wiki. No, you you are not on the wiki. You're no, on, I'm on the wiki. No, you sons of bitches. I'm on the wiki. <laughs> First appearance of Strange Tales, 89, 1961. Um, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. That's notable uh, aliases. He he whose limbs shatter mountains and whose back scrapes the sun. That's okay, sure. Yeah, that's a little long. Max, outstanding. <laughs> um, it's either that or Fin Fang Foom. I know what I'm calling him. Uh, I'm calling him Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> the character first appealed in the standalone story of Fin Fang Foom in Strange Tales and reappeared in Astonishing Tales 23 and 24. He was impersonated by the Midgard Serpent. 
in Thor 379 in 1987. His first story was reprinted in Fantasy Masterpieces, number two, in 1966, Where Monsters Dwell, number 21, May 1973, Marvel Monster Works in 1990. Foom eventually appeared in Marvel continuity in Legion of Night 1 and 2 in 1991. They made multiple appearances in Iron Man, uh, and re- and then the, they just list a bunch of Iron Man comics, and then Iron Man Volume 3, 15 through 18 and 99. An alternate version appears in Mutant X, Mutant Annual X. 2001. I own most of that series, and I haven't read it. Foom briefly appeared in the intercompany crossover Justice League Avengers okay. number one. The villain Nightmare changed a creature called the Mindless One into a copy of Foom to Battle the Hulk in Hulk Volume 3, number 79, and that was 2005. Uh, the characters' origins and early days are developed in Marvel Monsters, Monsters on the Prowl, December of 2005, and Fin Fang 4, December uh, 2005. Foom also appeared in Next Wave, Marvel Holiday Special 2006, How Would the Duck. That's in where I remember Fin Fang from. What? Iron Man, what? Howard Next Duck. Wave. Next Wave. What is that? Yeah. That's um, that um, group of C-listers that they put together. Um as a superhero team to kind of mock uh, shield. Okay. Uh, Iron yeah. Man, Las Vegas. And then in the briefly in the limited series, age of century one shot titles like monster size, Hulk, number one, dark rain files. Number one, featured in another monster. One shot, Finn Fang for return. Deluxe does <laughs> as well as another version in Hulk broken worlds. Number two. All right. Now <clears throat> you missed the inspiration. How Stanley got the inspiration for this. Okay. Eating Chinese food. Close. Writer-editor Stan Lee's inspiration for the character's (laughs) name was the title of the 1934 movie version of the long-running British stage musical Choo Chin Chow. Nice. (laughs) See, you give me shit, Ronnie Adams. (laughs) Yeah, I got nothing for that. I apologize, Mark. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Choo Chin Chow. Choo Chin Chow. Choo Chin Chow. Yeah. Absolutely um, nothing on that one. 20, 20 dislikes. <laughs> I'm reading from the wiki. Damn. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to kind of echo what Ronnie said there. I don't know much about Fin Fang Foom. I know he was a character for quite a while. Uh, I didn't know he was an Iron Man villain. I thought he was a four, Fantastic Four villain for some reason. But, well, he's a villain nonetheless, and he would usually show up and give the heroes a hard time. But, yeah, it was fun. He had a bit of an ego uh, in this book, and it was fun to read his uh, Colin Bunn's take on him. So, uh, you know, there was there were Marvels. I guarantee you, if you were a Marvel monster fan and you followed those Marvel books that Mark kind of listed off there, where monsters dwell, you probably recognized a lot of what Kai Kamade, Kid Kaiju, uh, comment, yeah, yeah, Kid Kaiju was bringing into this fight. Uh, so there's probably all sorts of little Easter eggs. Me and you guys never had a chance to pick up on, but um, regardless, right. it was still a fun story. It's it's actually a, a, a decent story. I think it's told well. It's probably the best Colin Bunn story that we've read so far on the Source Material podcast. So um, I swear we've done something else that he he did as well. But I, I'd have to go back in the arm. We're over 150 episodes. I can't even remember. Uh, a lot of the writers that we've talked about, but uh, all right. So I don't really have much else. I mean, Mark, did you have any criticisms about the book? I know I said, bring a criticism if you have one. Um, did no, you have any, really, any criticism? No, I really, really enjoyed this. I mean, you know, I'm not going to make up a criticism if I don't have one. I, I, 
I love the fact that it starts with all of these different teams just being overwhelmed and them not knowing what to do. I The other thing I wanted to talk about, the thing that I thought was great, was, okay, so now this kid's discovered. They know he has powers. Now everyone's fighting over what to do about him. Like, oh, he's got to be trained. He's fucking 11 or whatever, or like <laughs> yeah. however old he is. You know, it, it's, he's it's old like, enough to be a tag team champion in the WWE. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow on TV party tonight, listen to us rail about some Make-A-Wish kid becoming the. <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> I I may have to be drunk during that podcast. <laughs> I like the idea that in this world where a lot of the heroes are like codified and put on separate teams and it's really political how you handle them. Like as soon as he gets discovered that they haven't even dealt with the threat yet and they're fighting over how to deal with him, mm-hmm. you know, and then the mom's just like, he's just a kid. Like the moms are trying to, the mom and, and dad are trying to make sense of his powers and everything else. You know, and and you know, and the kid is not wazooey about like running into battle to fight monsters. I mean, and that totally made sense to me. That's I me. Mean, this this felt very real. Like if this, like if one of your kids suddenly woke up with powers, and they, they they dealt with the same thing with Black Lightning, where the one daughter, when she discovered she had powers, was like went out and bought herself an outfit. And it made herself into a superhero. She was all about it. When the younger kid, I don't know if you, how much you guys are keeping up on Black Lightning, but when the younger kid found out she had powers too, she was like, I just wanted to go to prom, get a job, have babies. I didn't want this. I don't want to be a superhero. I don't want to save the world. I don't, you know, I'm like, that's a very real response. That's something that I respect about the writers in both Monsters Unleashed and Black Lightning and whatever they deal with this is not everyone who is, you know, who is quote unquote blessed with a super ability wants to do it. Christ, not not to, not not for nothing, but in real life, people who are blessed with outstanding ability not always want to live that life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I see yeah. the problem. Chad chose not to be a supermodel. I understand. Um, like, but I like I see like you know big you know tall people and like they don't necessarily gravitate towards basketball or any kind of other athletics. They went and got regular jobs for whatever the reasons are. You know, there were you know, there were just some people who I mean I look at like Kurt Cobain. You know. Kurt Cobain was obviously in Nirvana, and he was murdered by his wife. Um, like, not a popular ooh. opinion, but no, we'll let you continue. <laughs> it's the right one. It's <laughs> not an opinion; it's a fact. All but, right. I, but I remember, um, like towards the well, end, you. <laughs> <laughs> towards the end of his uh, his life, I remember reading things, you know, that he like the like the suicide letter was w- w- allegedly was basically like was actually a goodbye letter to the music industry. He just like he'd had a taste of it. He had he had a taste of success and he realized this wasn't the life for him. He wanted to do something else. I mean, and if that's true, that that's just an example of how some people are. So I like the fact that they brought that element into this story of this kid. Like he had to do what he had to do in order to save save the earth, but he wasn't necessarily excited about it. And it was a scary thing. So did I liked you, all of that. Did you get the sense that his parents knew that he had powers? And because they moved like three times every time a monster would show up. Well, they said and then you know like the first time they didn't realize what was happening and they just moved the second time they realized it was a pattern yeah all right i think we're we're coming to a close on this discussion i had a good time reading it ronnie adams you you say you want to pick up want to pick up stuff yeah you, i mean absolutely what, for a book i haven't read yet i thoroughly enjoyed it all right mark radlich closing thoughts loved it want to i want to read more like this and less like baby dark side i i hear you mm. i hear you well you'll have to let us know if you if we plan on covering the you said you had the next trade ready right yes i do well you let me know if it's any good and if it's something or if we're going to wait and do that for rampage 2 
electric boogaloo. Nice. That, that would be uh, that'd be fun. Uh, but that was but yeah. a good cut, my friend. Good cut. <laughs> One used quite often by me. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been our coverage of Monsters Unleashed. Uh, I enjoyed the book as well. So I, I really not much else I could say about it. Not much else uh, other than just go check it out. It's a lot. It's a fun read. I briefly gave the synopsis. So it, there's a lot more in there, a lot more meat to the story. We didn't spoil everything. Uh, so check it out. Let's go ahead, I guess, and we'll get into plugs. I knew it was going to be a short one tonight because it was just a simple, fun story uh, and, a, and a good discussion. So um, Mark Radlich, let's start with you, my man. Let's let's get some plugs going and what we got to look forward to here on the Rattlech and Broadcasting Network. Right now on the Rattlech and Broadcasting Network, you can check out our discussion of Ringside Volume 1 as we take a look at all things wrestling this week. It's two shows, really. Just two shows. But um, <laughs> source material covered Ringside Volume 1, which is issues 1 through 5 of that series. And then, uh, as I said, we've got a TV party TV party tonight for WrestleMania 34, all 27 hours of it. So we'll talk about the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about NXT and we'll talk about WrestleMania itself. And then uh, Wednesday on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we will look at Camelot, the Shadow Theory. That's all I got. All right. Very good. Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast. I can mute Mark while you go through these because I have a feeling that Toys R Us won't won't help. Won't help. (laughs) Go for it, man. What we got coming up? Well, if you listen to Mark Radlich, I don't do Jack. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't have a life or anything. No, I, I, it's something I put off and I shouldn't. But uh, uh, very soon, I'm going to have uh, a couple of episodes coming out. One of them being the infamous Toys R Us episode where we discuss the rise and fall of the mighty toy mo- uh, m- mogul uh, monster. Like it. Uh, yeah, sure. uh, it, I know it's a word. Toy store. But <laughs> of the toy store, Toys R Us, and how it was once part of our childhood and now it is a part of our, our dis- distant past um not distant but yeah whatever i'm tired um but no to rise and fall of toys r us it's you know it's it's a fun show uh mark is on it uh totally 80s pat of course jesse is there we uh we've got some stuff coming up i just went to a con on sunday yesterday as you're listening to this uh i mean if you're listening to this live i should say um is a one-day con it was a lot of fun uh, not no pictures this time. There were there was no cosplay to speak of that I that I remember or anything like that. It was mostly just vendors, and uh, it was one of those kind of just simple go in, buy, and just have fun. Uh, I got a lot of cool, you know, a lot of fifty cent comic books this time around. Did find a certain uh, pop vinyl I was looking for at a really good price, to be, believe it or not. Actually, uh, Jesse, you might be interested in this. Um, I got a uh, 30th anniversary Jetfire um, t- uh, Transformers figure. Nice, well. nice. Yeah, it, it was. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. I, I enjoy it. I call him my friend. He may view it differently, but <laughs> I've seen him at several cons. Uh, he is one of the co-creators of the Stuff of Legend, a wonderful um, artist in his own right. Uh, and uh I've seen, like i said i've seen him at several cons um and he was there uh brian um brian smith so the next one coming up is going to be in july it's going to be raleigh supercon um so you'll expect lots of pictures from that 
Um, so we've got uh, we got some stuff going on uh, on the on the Screaming Boy side, and uh, some more shows that uh, I'm working on getting booked and to discuss certain things. We'll definitely have those uh, episodes out uh, within the next couple of days. So we're gonna uh, we, we're we're getting it done, um, no matter what Mark Radulich says. I apologize if you hear the buzzer in the background. The dryer's on. No, not even Yay! On. Yay! Thank you very much for joining us tonight. My name is Jesse Starcher. Go give the Rattelich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. Uh, my show here, Source Material, is up over 150 episodes. We're pretty much like a book club for comics. So if you want to go listen to any previous episodes, feel free to do so. There's probably some content in there you'd like to check out, a uh, book or something that we've discussed in the past. You know, I would highly suggest getting the book first, reading it, and coming back and listening to us talk about it. That's that's the fun of this show is getting to talk about what happens in the book after we read it. So uh, I think that's going to be about it. So for Ronnie Adams, for Mark Radlich, my name is Jesse Starcher. Thank you very much for joining us this evening on our coverage of Monsters Unleashed. Ladies and gentlemen, ha! Have a good one. Your contract requires you to produce, sir. <laughs> you remember? I don't have a contract. Will that help you get your show up faster? <laughs> So, Why didn't you warn? Dragon Ball Z porn. It's called Dragon <laughs> Boob Z. <laughs> you gotta learn on your phone. I'm curious as to what app is sending you. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not know. Oh goodness. <laughs> beep beetle beep. beep. <laughs> Hey, congratulations. For you. Not not doing the work like in a corner. Well, you were in your own office where you're putting up your own show. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I, would keep cra- I would keep cracking the Toys R Us joke, but I'm really afraid of Ronnie having some sort of like conniption. You want your episode? <laughs> It'll be there, Mark. Just be ready. He's going like, to his episode. I'm a, I'm <laughs> I'm afraid that, like, I'm going to say it one too many times, and Ronnie's going to show up with a dead giraffe on my front lawn, going, here's your fucking Toys R Us episode. <laughs> Jeffrey has paid the price for your sins, my friend. That's right. Not like Mark. You know! You know! You know, first of all... Here's my excuse! Before you make a comment about me, why don't you put up the Toys R Us show that's like eight weeks old? Oh, now. damn! Is he still with us? Okay, he's still there. Um, I'm just <laughs> Googling your address right now. <laughs> Second of all, believe it or not, I know where to get a draft. <laughs> I don't doubt it. You know, and if get I off send, about the Toys R Us show. <laughs> no, um, but I sent Robert when. <laughs> see how easy that was? No. <laughs> yeah, see, I did try. Which I want to look this up right now. <laughs> the Lost Island of Moo. It's a bunch of cows. <laughs> overrun. <laughs> overrun by bovine. Alien killer cows. <laughs> <laughs> Moo. Because the worst they're... island ever.
Oh boy, body count or body count. Body counts in the house. Body counts in the house. Body count. Body counts in the house. My what I meant to say was damage control. Damage controls in the house. Uh, damage so control. Now now I want a team now I want there to be a team in Marvel called Body Count. <laughs> like they're they're not there to fix the buildings, they're there to collect the bottom. <laughs> and count them. Meticulously. Uh, we have <laughs> By the time you get the show up, Toys R Us will have reopened under a new name. How about that? That hurt. (laughs) I am a person with feelings, Mark. We are here to lament the loss of Toys R Us. (laughs) Oh, look, it's reopened as KB Toys. (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier reminding you that every day a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs, enjoy more subs, save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.